We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Ball loose. Give me one, Lance. Give me one, Lance. Stevenson ties it with 1.6. Duarte, he knows where the clock is, lets it fly and hits again. Halliburton at the buzzer. Captain Kush with another one. Brogdon goes inside and Turner finishes. Halliburton leaves it off for Batase. Go, go. Good job. Oh, what a move by Heald. He lays it in. Heald. Hotter than fish grease. Drops it off to Jalen Smith with the poster. Jackson the catch. Jackson the basket. Washington again. Five of them. Pacers got the steal. Out running is Brissette. Pounds it home. It to Taylor. Taylor missed it. Tips it in. Warren lets it fly. Yes! T.J. Warren is not human. Halliburton going to slam it at the other end. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I am your host, Alex Golden. And joining me is a long-distant relative of Conan O'Brien, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, oh, what's man. going on, brother? Wow, here we go. He's got some zingers today. Uh, <laughs> I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. It might be the off-season, but the show never stops. We got a fun one for you today. Yeah, so today we're going to be doing two different segments, and obviously we've been talking a lot of draft stuff. We're taking a break from that. In our first segment, I put, a, I put a question out on Twitter, and it really wasn't meant to be a podcast question, but I was curious, where do we rank, where do fans rank Miles Turner amongst the other starting centers in the NBA, Fachi? And I thought this would be a really interesting conversation because I'm not sure where I would put him because, you know, what we think Miles Turner could become as a solo center is really enticing, but we haven't seen it in a while. So um, there's a lot of different stuff. I've seen some people say top seven. I saw some people say top ten. Um, I think the average was like 12 to 16 range, but um, yeah, I think this is a really fun conversation. So we're going to have this topic. Uh, and then of course, we're going to talk about the top eight free agents that we would be intrigued by this year for the Indiana Pacers. And I will tell you guys, this list is not fun. No, it's not. And I wish that we we're going to have some star studded names on there, but this is a very weak free agent class. I think the trade market could be pretty big this offseason, but we in, spe- in specific are covering free agents and uh, it ain't pretty. Yeah. So let's, let's go ahead and start here with the Miles Turner debate and figure out where we think he stands amongst the other NBA centers. So Fachi, if I were to tell you um, uh, or make you guess a number of how many players or how many centers in the NBA had better statistical numbers than Miles Turner, how many would you say? Well, statistical numbers is a very broad category. So there's many categories that go into that. But <laughs> Let's know, just say basic statistics, like points per game, rebounds, blocks, and or assist. Uh, if you take out blocks, I'm going to say a lot. Okay, so what would you guess number-wise? Quite a lot just because it's going to range on what the stats are. There's going to be better rebounders than, than other people. There's going to be some better scores. I mean – for, for a guy that averaged, you know, just below 13 points per game, I don't think we're going to find him too high on the list. Okay, so in terms of, you know, just looking at the statistics from points per game, 
rebounds per games, and then some assists, some blocks. There are 15, arguably 16 centers ahead of him, which would put him right there in the middle of the pack. I, uh, I will read off the names that I have here, Fachi, that had a better statistical season than Miles Turner last year. We have Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, DeAndre Ayton, Carl Anthony Towns, Nikola Vucevic, Demontis Sabonis, Jared Allen, Clint Capella, which was his close. We'll talk about that. Christian Wood, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, Jakob Pertl, Wendell Carter Jr. Interesting. I, I felt like right all the names before Clint Capella, I feel like were undisputed. Those yeah. are some really good borderline elite centers, like all guys that had a chance to be an all-star or have been an all-star in this league. Once you got to Capella, then it started, the water started getting a little bit muddy. You know, you start hearing Christian Wood pop up. But also there's some guys like, hey, Valanciunas, Really good rebounder who's yeah. started to add a three-point ball ball to his game. So there's some other promising names over there. Wendell Carter Jr. still young enough, took a step forward this year, but interesting list for sure. Okay, so here is my question. It could be 16 centers based on how you would um, – I'll, I'll let you pick here. Robert Williams, okay, he averaged 10 points per game, averaged 9.6 rebounds, 2.2 blocks. Turner was 12.9 points per game but just 7.1 rebounds with 2.8 blocks. Who would you give the nod here to? I'm going to give it a Turner because uh, I don't, I don't see Robert Williams really developing any, any sort of, you know, consistent three point shot. Uh, I feel like as a shot blocker, uh, he's good. He's good. He's not Turner like good. He's definitely a better rebounder, but I think offensively, I don't know if his game will really be there, but Robert Williams can't be slept on. He, he's actually a solid part of why mm. Boston's defense was you know number one in the league for a good chunk of the year. Yeah, I think that kind of has to play into it a little bit. Obviously, the Pacers team was on just a, a weird spot all year. Um, Williams, to me, I didn't put Al Horford on this list because he played a lot of power forward next to Robert Williams all year long. So I didn't want to give uh, get into the Horford debate here. But yeah, this was close for me. Like you know, Turner averaging two point nine points per game. You know, to me was more impressive. But the two point five rebounds that Robert Williams averages more than Turner. Made it a little bit closer for me. Now, Clint Capella, this is where it gets interesting, okay? I put him ahead of Turner in this conversation in terms of, st- in terms of uh, statistical numbers who had a better season. But he had 11.1 points and 11.9 rebounds with 1.1 blocks per game. So Turner's clearly got him beat on the blocks. The points are pretty much the same. Maybe Turner has a little bit of an advantage there. But the rebounds, I just felt like almost five rebounds more per game. It just had to give Capella the edge. Yeah, you know, Capella has been a a really solid player in this league. I I feel like this year or the last couple of years, we've seen his minutes dial down a little bit. But this was someone who just two years ago averaged over 14 rebounds per game. So he's an elite rebounder. Uh, offensively, you know, his game is nowhere near, I don't want to say it's polished as Turner, but like, he's not really an offensive threat. He's going to do all of his work in the paint blocks wise. Yeah. He's not on Turner's level, but at the same point, no one really is. So I feel like when you talk about a, a, a difference in rebounds of about five, that's big. That's like <laughs> five rebounds is like 65 to 70% of what Turner's pulling down, you know, per game. So That's a big number right over there. I think that is a really good debate, and I think people could lean either way. Man, I'm torn on that. I'm torn. Yeah, I just think statistically Capella had the better year, but moving forward, that's a totally different conversation. So um, let's just go ahead and do this little exercise here. I'm going to go through all of the 29 centers that qualify for this uh, conversation and I'm going to ask you, would you rather have this center or Miles Turner? Now, I think we need to, like, lay down the groundwork here. Are we talking projection-wise or, or who we think's better? Because I think if we said who's better, it could be a lot different than who you would want on the roster. Um, maybe we can do both. I don't know. It's up to you. Let's go projection-wise because I feel like Turner is still in, in that spot where, hey, at 25, 26 years old, I mean, you're, you're expected to be kind of, you know, hitting your prime. It's coming yeah. up, so you, you would imagine, hey, this 
he's got to get better. So there's some other guys that might be more established now. Hey, maybe that might not be the case over the next few years, but I think let's, let's lean towards the projection standpoint a bit. Okay. So you don't want to go overall who's better or, or I guess it's kind of hard because we could also look at like fit wise, like, yeah, for example, um, Wendell Carter Jr. was on a bad magic team, had some really good statistics. Same with Christian Wood, but you know, there's stats might say they're better on paper, but you know, who would you rather have moving forward? That's where you can project, but mm-hmm. who else do you think like is the better player? I think it's just kind of like trying to figure out that common ground that we're both yeah. seeing eye to eye here on. So I guess we can do a little bit of both, but um, you can, you can even say right now they're better, but I would prefer Miles Turner the sure. next five years. So I'm just trying to make sure I have a good understanding of where you rank Miles Turner amongst NBA centers. So um, I'm going to make a uh, ranking list here just so everybody knows so I can um, figure out where you have them at. I'm going to put uh, players you'd rather have. I'm going to write this down. And then uh, Turner. So basically, Turner versus the field. Does that make sense? Yep. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Obviously, uh, we already talked about some of these guys, but Joel Embiid. That's a no-brainer. Okay. We're, we're leading Embiid. Yeah, we're just go. Th- we'll go through these quick. Nicole, and, and, and real quick, I just want to say it, it's probably better we don't pull up Embiid's numbers against Turner because that has been a nightmare. Now there is no <laughs> Embiid stopper, but it, it's been ugly. Yeah, uh, we'll re- we'll refrain from that. But I do want to just kind of like go through this quickly. Mm-hmm. So let's say Nikola Jokic. Yep, the two-time MVP. I'm leading with him. <laughs> All right, Bam Adebayo. I'm going Bam. Rudy Gobert. I mean, I gotta go Gobert. He's got three defensive player of the year titles. Yeah. You know, you, you can't knock that. Okay. DeAndre Ayton. Ayton, for sure. Okay. Carl Anthony Towns. I'm going cat. Nikola Vucevic. I'm going Vooch. He's been an all-star in this league, I, I believe, multiple times. So yeah. I'm going Vooch. He's a he's a two-time all-star Fachi yep. in his 10-year mm-hmm. career. Um, average 17.6 points per game, 11 rebounds, 3.2 assists. I mean this is this is a tough one because look, he is 31 years old. So if you're projecting right, you might say I'd rather have Turner here. Interesting. This is where that definitely comes up over here over that, the next five years. Yeah, I mean things could things could definitely change. Short term, I'd say Vooch. <laughs> okay, well we'll stick with it. All right. Mm-hmm. Former Pacer Demontis Sabonis. I'm going Sabonis. Okay. Um, now this has been a controversial conversation on. Um, on Twitter as well, there was a long argument between the two of them, okay. and it's it's just never ending, right? With these two, no, I never will. They, I mean, actually, at some point, it's got to come to an end now that they've been split up. But we didn't get to see Turner without Sabonis, so yeah. you know, for that, the the debate goes on. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Turner without Sabonis is going to average nineteen points, twelve rebounds, and five assists. No. It's just not going to happen. So, uh, okay, let's move on to the next one, Jared Allen. I'm I'm going Jared Allen. He he made an All Star game this year. He's you're a Jared league. Allen hater, so this is pretty interesting. No, you're talking about one time, and you know what? Jared Allen manned up and he played in that game. <laughs> so uh, all credit to him. But look, an elite rebounder um, for sure. I feel like Jared Allen is getting better and better as years goes on. He's t- he's taking those steps forward. So uh, I'm leading Jared Allen. Okay, let's go with Brooke Lopez. Yeah, I'm going monster. Okay, that's that's what I figure here. Yeah. Um, I, I do like what Brooke Lopez does for Milwaukee, but mm-hmm. I think if Turner was in that same situation, uh, we probably would think of him as uh, higher. But Brooke is 34 years old. So I was about to say, Brooke yeah. Lopez has been playing since some of our listeners have been in diapers. Right, so, right. you know, he's been around for <laughs> wow. quite some time. Okay, uh, Clint Capella, 27 years old. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, both right around the same age. I just I don't see Capella. Okay, if you're gonna I'm this, going Turner here. I'm going Turner because Turner's going to get better. I think Clint Capella is never going to develop a true offensive side of his game, and Correct. I feel like we're starting to see his minutes go down and down and down. And I feel like he's just going to be a good rebounder. Yeah. No, I'm 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 right there in agreement with you on all these so far. So. Until there's something where we have a debate, that's when we'll talk about it. But, no, I I definitely think Turner's offense projections make him better than Capella long-term. I just want to see how Turner's rebounding numbers are impacted 
as a solo center. And here's um, how I'd like to sum it up also. Both guys say they hit free agency this year. Turner's getting more money than Capella. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Um, it'll be interesting to see what teams give, though, because I think, you know, there's probably been a, you know, less of an injury concern with um, yeah, Capella. With Capella, So that might be something that sways in the way of um, uh, of him getting that contract extension. Let's move on. Christian Wood, Fauci. Uh, I'm going Miles Turner. I, I just feel like when you're talking about how bad defensively Christian Wood is, I don't see him really getting that better. While I feel like Miles already an elite rim protector, I feel like he can get better offensively. Where Christian Wood, we're talking about putting up some big stats on a team that is in the gutter. Yeah, I uh, I hate Christian Wood. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> be honest. I've not been a fan of him pretty much ever. I mean, I felt like he was overhyped. And then he had some really good numbers on some bad teams. Everybody was like, oh, he's great. Don't play any defense. You're right. So I, yeah. I, I can't give him the nod here. Let's move on. Jonas Valanciunas. This That's is tough. tough. That's tough, man. I'm, I'm telling you, for people don't watch that don't watch Valanciunas enough, this guy is a really good rebounder that all of a sudden just bought into shooting threes and – looks pretty good from three-point land. So just to throw his numbers out there, 17.8 points per game, 11.4 rebounds per game. Yeah, He's got the 2.6 assists, which is you know, nothing to look over for a center. But then also, just as it relates to three-point land, man shot 36% this year. You know, Better he, than Turner. Better than Turner. Last year, not really enough attempts, just a hair under 37%. So mm-hmm. it's like this has been a new part of his game. I would not be surprised if – you know, as time goes on, he just continues to shoot more and more threes and gets and stays at a respectable, you know, 35, 36% from three, which to be honest, it's better than Miles Turner shot the last few years. So yeah, I- I'm going Valanciunas. Yeah, this is a tough one for it's me, Fachi. Real tough. I if, think this is something people would be split on. If we're if we're projecting, like you said, you kind of wanted to do, don't you think Miles Turner would project ahead of him? I, I he should. You should, but mm-hmm. we've also been waiting for Miles to take that step forward. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. I'm probably going to give the edge to Valanciunas just because the, the stats speak for themselves, mm-hmm. but it it's it's tough here, and I know fans probably are going to be mad about this one. Yeah, um, I, I think they probably will because Valanciunas' game is not really, like, sexy or anything like that, but we're talking about a guy that has, you know, a couple years under his belt putting up over 17 points per game, which is something that Turner hasn't had. And let's not act like Valanciunas is like the, you know, the featured guy by any means on, nah. on his teams. It's like he he does really well at his role. Hey, you know, obviously needs a point guard to really get it going and stuff like that. But he's been a handful in the past. The Pacers, yeah. you know, even years ago when the Pacers faced the Raptors in the playoffs, I remember being like, when he was just really coming on, I remember being like, man, that guy Valanciunas is going to be good. Years later, he is good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the next one. Robert Williams. Real tough, man. Robert Williams took a leap this year. He, he did. did. He did take a big leap, and I don't see him taking, like, I don't see him really being, like, a big offensive piece, you know, with the Celtics. It's like he has a, a pretty, you know, kind of defined role, but he's getting better and better. I'm really split on this one. I'm going to go Turner here for me. I just think – I just think that Turner's shooting ability is something that can be, you know, it can be reliable, not reliable, but it can be something that you uh, you can invest in, something you can like project that's going to be better with Halliburton. This is one of those things where it's like Turner's kind of been meh to us because he's been pigeonholed into a position yep. with Sabonis. I will say this: there's a couple of things here that I want to say about Turner real quick. Um, a lot of times. I just feel like he constantly makes excuses for when he doesn't play well. And then when he plays great, he just talks about how awesome he can be all the time. Mm -hmm. So I really want to see what he can do as a solo center. And I mean, just his shot blocking has been uh, so superb. So I'm going to give it to him on a slight edge here, but it's, it's very close. I'm going to give it a turn or two because I don't, I don't think that Robert Williams has the offensive potential that Turner has. I think Turner's offensive potential is so much higher than Robert Williams, but you know, Robert Williams is 
he's coming on. He mm-hmm. really is. And, and I feel like people, you know, you overlook him because they got Tatum, they got Brown, like, oh, they got all that. But Robert Williams is a good player, but I'm leading Turner. All right, let's move on. And we've got Yusuf Nurkic. <sighs> I, I'm going to go Turner over here. Nurkic has been a good player in this league, but bad I mean, defender. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, like, hey, you, if you can only choose between the two of them, I'm going with Turner. Offensively, he's going to be better. Uh, Nurkic, good rebounder, but not a good defender. And just, eh, I, I'm leaning Turner for sure. Yeah. Uh, real quick, going back to Robert Williams, I, I forgot to bring this up. I'm laughing because you know how they always put the nicknames here on B-Ball Reference and Time Lord. Okay. He has another one, and I've never heard oh, this. Oh, God. What is this one? Well, there's two of them. One is Lob Williams, which is pretty funny. The yeah. other one is Boobutt. Ooh, wow okay <laughs> i don't understand what that means but uh i thought it was interesting obviously there's uh some good ones here for uh nurkic he's the bosnian beast so um that's interesting but anyway i just thought that was funny i just wanted to bring that up sorry off topic here but let's move on to the four-time total rebound champion andre drummond turner or drummond i'm going turner i, I know andre drummond was a great rebounder but no we're going yeah. turner yeah, he's a backup center this year. Come on now. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, this is a tough one. Yaka Pertle. Oh, there's some people out there that are in love with Yaka. Like, yeah. in, like in love with him. And I feel like he's a smart, good player. But, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not a Yaka Pertle guy. I, I feel like good player. But, I don't know. Maybe I value three-point shooting a little bit more. Uh, he ain't doing any of that. Um, so good player. I'm going turn. Yeah. This is one where I think talk to me in three years, we could have a different he, conversation. We could. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Pirtle's in a perfect spot in San Antonio where Agreed. he's able to, to maybe they can coach pop can find a way to mask some of his limitations, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think pop would love Turner down there too. So next one, I think this one should be pretty easy. Steven Adams. Nah, I'm going Turner. Yeah, Steven Adams here. actually got to a point where Memphis couldn't even play him in the playoffs, and I thought that was pretty nuts. That last round he was just getting – did not play coach's decision, and then, you know, I wasn't playing. I know he had COVID at one point, but the fact that he just became out of the lineup, that's tough. Yeah, so right now, Fachi, just to let people know, we have done 18 centers. Currently we have 10 ahead of Miles Turner, 8 below, so he is sitting at 11 as we speak now. So next up, Mitchell Robinson. Going Turner. I, I feel like Mitchell Robinson is like a poor man's Turner with no three-point shot. Like, he's a guy that, like, I feel like good shot blocker, not anywhere on Turner's level. But Mitchell Robinson just, I mean, let's say a poor man's Turner. I just feel like he, he's, a, he's a good center that's not great, has no real offensive game outside of the paint, and I just feel like Turner brings more to the table. All right, let's talk about the Clippers' big man, Zubats. Some people love him, but I'm go- I'm going Turner. Yeah, same I'm going here. Turner. Yeah, I think uh, I think Zubats is fine, but nah. Uh, let's keep it moving. This is going to be a tough one here. Wendell Carter Jr. This is where it gets tough, and I've always had a soft spot for Wendell Carter Jr. I yeah. felt I felt like uh, twenty three years old. Twenty three years old. I felt like the Bulls just kind of threw him in there. Like, man, you gave him two first round picks, everything, but. Even Wendell Carter Jr. also, who was the seventh overall pick. I feel like maybe it's the spot being in Orlando, but I don't know. He looked really good this year. He really yeah, did. And I think did. he's only getting better. He averaged 15 and 10.5 rebounds, nearly three assists. All right. His, his blocks, no one's, like I said, no one's going to be on Turner's level. You got 0.7 right over there. He's getting better, but he's efficient. Yeah. The guy got shot 52.5% from the field, started to develop that three-point ball, shot about thirty-seven, uh, about 33%, which was a big step forward. Uh, so give me Wendell Carter Jr., actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat here, and I and I feel like people are going to get mad about this one, too. People but, will be split on that. But, you know, 23 years old, I, I think projection-wise, he could be really good. So, I, I think he's getting better, like, at, at a good, good rate. Yeah, um, I think the rest should be pretty simple here, but we'll keep it moving. Dwight Powell. No, I'm going, I'm going to turn it. <laughs> no, you just cut it yeah. off real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this is an easy one. Mason Plumley. No, Turner, Turner, Turner. Okay, Kavon Looney. No, I'm, go- I'm going Turner. It's not even close. 
Looney's like, first of all, I looked at this. I was actually surprised. Looney averaged more rebounds the than Turner. Turner in like eight less minutes. But he's just like that kind of filler in there in the starting lineup. Like someone who's been there, kind of like a, a glue guy that plays well with others. But Turner is is far superior offensively. Yeah. Uh, this one could be interesting depending on how you feel. Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> Uh, man, I, I, I'm going Turner, but uh, the beef man, hey, he, he's, he's a solid player. Yeah, eight points, eight rebounds a game, not bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. I have a uh, Turner there too. Uh, Indiana native, or not, not a native, but former Indiana basketball standout, Thomas Bryant. Uh, <laughs> I've got Turner on this one. I was about to say, I didn't even know if this is a real question, but yeah, let's keep it going. No, we're going Turner. Thomas Bryant showed some promise in the past before the ACL tear. Hey, I hope he, you know, I know he returned this year, but hopefully he can, you know, get back on track where he was a couple years ago. All right. What about the former slam dunk, uh, slam dunk champion, the two-time block champ, five, or eight-time all-star, Dwight Howard? Nope. We are going Miles <laughs> Turner. We are going Miles Turner 10 out of 10 times. 10 years ago, that would be a completely different situation. Yeah. But th- this Dwight Howard right now is just uh, – I don't, know, I don't know how we would really describe his role right now, but it isn't big. All right. What about Kim Birch? <laughs> We're going Turner 10 out of 10 times. <laughs> All right. And the last one here, Isaiah Roby. Nope. Turner it is. Okay, Fachi. So here it is. We have Miles Turner ranked 12th, both of us do, in the NBA Yeah. in terms I, of centers. I, I mean, for people who think that, you know, we could be Turner haters. I, I feel like we called it like it is. I mean, 12th overall, I mean, that's, that's what it is. I, I mean, which do you see any other way where it's like, man, you know, maybe you can climb into like the, you know, top, top seven or that. I, I don't. I mean, I think there's a chance he could if, oh. if, you know, depending on what he puts up number wise, I think he could surpass. Do we have Capella? No, we had him above. No, Capella, no, we? yeah, we, we put Turner above him. Yeah, I mean, I think when we look at Valanciunas, maybe he could take a dip. Vucevic yep. could take a dip. Mm-hmm. So then you're talking top ten. ten, but I don't see anything else. That's what I'm saying. So there's a chance he could definitely become a top ten center. But like once you start to you know you name those those top seven eight guys, those are established very good centers. So I mean, right over here, guy. I mean, I, I know I also kind of played some power forward all that, like. Guy like Evan Mobley is maybe someone that we didn't bring up just because we brought up Jared Allen. Like, I'm taking Mobley, AMO, and I think everybody else is also. Yeah. I'm Mobley, in. second overall pick. I mean, rookie of the year, runner up. Like, guy had a really good rookie year 15 points per game. Uh, rebound wise, 8.3. I mean, to tell you the truth, both those numbers would be Turner career highs. And yeah. Mobley did it as a rookie while sharing the court with uh, Jared Allen. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, like, it's tough. Like I didn't bring up Al Horford. Obviously, yeah, Al yeah. Horford's older, but what he's doing in this playoff run is just—I know, old man Horford. He's still got it. That guy's yeah. got a high basketball IQ. But if you if you ask me that, I'm taking Turner. Yeah, for sure. So here are the guys that we had above him. Just to kind of put a bow on this: Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, DeAndre Ayton, Carl Anthony Towns, Demontis Sabonis, Nikola Vucevic. Jonas Valanciunas, Jared Allen, and Wendell Carter Jr. Yep, the last four, Turner has a shot to jump. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I mean, he, could, I mean, yeah, it's tough. And so this is why I wanted to do this exercise, just to kind of like lay it all out there and see where I'm at. I think this is great. I think if we post that, I think we could get some, you know, some good debates in there of people being like, man, I put him above this person, or I put him above that. But like, I saw. On, on Instagram, we had a comment. Someone was like, top seven. And it's like, I don't find a way to get him in that top seven over any of those guys that you named. Yeah. I mean, even if he takes a bonus out, Cat, Aiden, Gobert, Bam, Jokic, and Bede, I, I, I mean, that's the top six, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Maybe you think he's better than Sabonis. Maybe you, here's the thing if you like his fit better on an NBA team than Sabonis, then I understand that. That's been kind of the debate I've seen a lot. It's like, well, you're not going to win a championship if Sabonis is your best player or if Vooch is your you're best not. player yeah. or is your second best player. It's like, no, but you're not doing that with Turner either. So Exactly. So right <laughs> over there, it, it, it's straight up. Does Turner fit more teams? Yes, he does. Yeah. But what what role is, does he have on those teams, though? You know, like Sabonis could be, like, maybe the third best player on there. Like, 
on a championship team, potentially. Is Turner the third best player on a championship team? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, and honestly, if you look at the list of centers here, I would say Embiid and Jokic are the only two players on their team that would you would deem the best player. Yeah, and, and those guys, I mean, those were the top two in MVP voting. So it's yeah. just like, look, Jokic has won the last two. Embiid has actually been, I believe, the runner-up the last two years. I'm not sure who was runner-up last year. I might have believe been. he was. Yeah, so. I don't know. But, like, even Gobert, like, you could maybe say Gobert is the best player on the Jazz. But I think you get a lot of pushback, say it's Mitchell. I lean Mitchell. Yeah, I, I'm probably in the same boat. Bam Adebayo might be the most important player to a certain degree on Miami, but it's probably still Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah. I think the closest one maybe is Carl Anthony Towns. But I would think, to me, when I watch them, I feel like Anthony Edwards is the best player on that team. Agreed especially projecting forward. So, yes, that, that, that's the difference right there. Is Anthony Edwards will be the best player on that team. He shows, like, superstar-like talent. You know, every now and then you just see something go, wow. Carl yeah. Anthony Towns, like, very good player. But in my mind, Anthony Edwards has a higher ceiling. Yeah, and then Sabonis, he might be the best player on Sacramento. Good. De'Aaron Fox is really good, though. So those two, I think you can have a debate over that. And then Wendell Carter Jr. might be the best player on the Magic. Other than that, I think these are all um, pretty basic. These guys are not the best players. So uh, really fun conversation, though, Fachi. I really enjoyed this. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and we will reveal our top eight free agents that we'd like for the Pacers to sign this season. But remember, once again, these are realistic, not unrealistic. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, everybody, we are back, and we are talking about free agents. Fachi, do you want to start with honorable mentions, guys, that didn't make your list, or do you want to jump right in at number eight? Now I'm going to go with a few honorable mention names. I'm going to start from the bottom of my honorable mention list, work my way up, because I had, I had a few. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with Cody Martin. Cody Martin took a solid step forward over here. Uh, you know, one of the Martin twins. This is a guy that, you know, averaged 7.7 points, four rebounds for Charlotte. That's not going to jump off the page, but 38% as a three-point shooter. I, I thought that he showed enough promise over there that he can still continue to develop into a, a good three-point shooter in this league. Uh, moving over next, JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. People JaVale McGee. Come on. There it is. There's the laugh. But you know what? JaVale McGee is a gold medalist. He's a champion. He won, he won rings with uh, the Golden State Warriors, with two of them. He's with the Phoenix Suns right now. That man has been around winning basketball for quite some time. And at this point, 
yeah, he's not going to like get us a bunch of wins, but I feel like there's things that he can rub off on our current centers that, you know, we have Miles Turner as a veteran. You got Goga. I mean, right over there, it's like, we need someone who's at least been on a big stage and at least JaVale McGee has. Yeah. Okay. So, moving over next. Yeah. Yeah. I got Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher. I, okay. I feel like was someone that took a step back this year, but you know, I couldn't put him in, in my top list, but overall Boucher was someone who averaged about two blocks per game uh, two years ago. This year he averaged about you know just nine and a half points six rebounds, you know, the previous year shot 38% from three. So I feel like he's a guy that, you know, the Pacers have had a need at power forward for a bit. I felt like he could do well with that. Uh, moving over next, bias take over here. My boy, Javon Carter. Javon Carter as a third string point guard is someone who is a all in on defense. He's actually been one of the best defenders in the playoffs, has been really good for Milwaukee like, like really yeah. good. Um, he, he's someone who is plus minus is just off the charts. But overall, in, in his 20 games for Milwaukee, shot 56% from three, shot 50 for six, uh, 50% from the field. <laughs> he's going to lock down defensively and is someone that's not going to cost anything. And he wanted to get this, you wanted to get this segment done in 20 minutes. You're spending 10 minutes just here on your honorable mentions. I love me some Javon Carter. <laughs> Lastly, and maybe this ticks some people off, my number one honorable mention. Lance Stevenson, maybe I should have him higher on my list, but you know what? I got him right outside my top list. <laughs> I didn't even put Lance on either. I mean, obviously, it's just like one of those things where it's like they're going to bring him back or they're not. I, I, he's not going to impact to me too much of what they do on the court. Uh, real quick, my honorable mentions, you and me only had one commonality here. I had Chris Boucher. Um, I also threw Gary Harris on this list. Um, I don't know if he's on your top eight or not. I threw Gary yeah. Payton the second injuries. Uh, the injury that he suffered, I think he's going to stay where he's at. I think he'd be someone that would come here. Um, your boy, Thad Young, I don't hey. necessarily see the Pacers going after him right now, but you never know. And the number one of my honorable mentions, I had Bobby Portis from Milwaukee. Um, Always love some Bobby I would, I would love some some BP here in uh, Indiana, but he's got a player option. He already took a discount to stay with Milwaukee. So I don't think he's going anywhere, Fachi. So that was my honorable mention. Let's get into it. Our top eight, starting with number eight. Who do you got? I got slow mo himself, Kyle Anderson. Look, a big, hey, hey, commonality here, Fachi. I'm with you there, right there at eight. There we go. Six nine, small forward. I feel like just a smart player does a lot of things pretty well. Uh, I feel like he'd be a good addition to this Pacers team. He's been a, a solid role player with, with San Antonio, solid player with, with Memphis. Overall, I, I've liked his game. Yeah, same here, Fachi. I, I when I think about slow mo, it just seems like the perfect Pacers guy. Yeah, he does, he does though. Low maintenance doesn't seem like he really cares. He's been a part of some really good organizations, really good teams. I think that could carry over and, and be more impactful than the statistics are. I was kind of scared off when I saw that he shot just thirty three percent from three, sixty three point eight percent from the free throw line. I thought I'd actually have him higher on this list, and then when I saw that, I said, "Nope." And he's twenty eight years old, so. I thought to myself, eh, does he really make sense here? I'm not 100% sure, but overall, uh, not the worst player. Let's move on to number seven. Who you got? Real quick on slow-mo, I yeah. bumped that man down twice on my list. So I'm yeah. with you, and he just made the list. But moving over to seven, the other Martin brother, Caleb Martin. Mm. Caleb Martin took a leap forward this year. He bought into that heat mentality. He's been a player they have raved about over there in just under 23 minutes per game. Uh, yeah, 23 minutes per game. Averaged nine points per game, uh, about four rebounds. But the big thing that's going to jump off the page, 41% from three, shot yeah. nearly 51% uh, from the, the field. I feel like that's a really hard worker over there who's hungry, scratching and clawing to stay in the league, and it paid off this year. I have him higher on my list, so Ooh, I don't want to I, – I, I like it. I like your stats, though. Everything you said is why I had him higher and his age being 26 years old. For me mm -hmm. at number seven, this is where I put in Tyus Jones. Okay. Um, I don't know if you have him higher or not. Debated it, but I didn't have yes. him there. You didn't have him on your honorable mentions? Nah, because I felt like what he does very well is what Tyrese Halliburton's doing really well from a passing standpoint. That's why I love yeah. him. I think they could play together because um, he's a really good three-point shooter, 39% from three, 81.8% mm -hmm. from the free throw line. But I was just a little bit turned off um, because we already have Halliburton and we already have TJ McConnell. Where does he fit perfectly? I don't know if he fits perfectly, but at this point, I'm just like, we got to get talent in here. 
And I would probably rather have him long-term than DJ McConnell for sure. Oh yeah. But I just don't know if they're going to get rid of McConnell. He's 26 years old, just six foot tall. Exactly. You know, I just, I feel like he's a great backup point guard. Um, Would love him in that role, but with us having McConnell, it, it, it scared me away from wanting to add a ton of point guards on here, but uh, I do have more point guards, point, point guards on this list later. So you're probably like, uh, you're contradicting yourself by saying that. But for me, Tyus Jones, good player. I think he's been a really, you know, key player for Memphis. But I just I just don't know, Fachi, if it's a perfect hey, fit. I know. He was a championship-level player with Duke. You know, I think he was the most outstanding player in that Final Four. Really, really good passer. That His assist-to-turnover ratio, him and his brother, it's phenomenal. 4.4 assists to just 0.6 turnovers. I mean, almost at, at four to one right there. So really good. The, the height compared with how short McConnell is already, it, it was just like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know about that. So that's why I left him off, but I, I've always liked his game. Uh, moving over next, number six on my list, a guy that you had in your honorable mention. I'm going Thad Young, and I'll tell you uh, what. I knew you were going to put him on your list. I've always loved Thad Young. That'll right? be 80 years old. He'll be like, he will be. back. Exactly. <laughs> but, no, we need a veteran. This Pacers team keeps getting younger and younger. We're looking at Lance Stevenson like, hey, he's a vet. It's like, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, it's like, what about, like, a vet that can, like, take people under his wing and just really, like, show them hard work? Everywhere Thad Young has went, he's, he's, he's made an impact or been, been raved about or – you know, I know with San Antonio, look, it wasn't the best fit of where they're at, but goes over to Toronto, plays hard for them. I mean, he's played hard in Indiana before. The fans love him. I just feel like when we're talking about someone that could play that Al Jefferson role, I don't feel that Thad Young needs to play a lot, but also would want to be here, who's realistic to sign with us, can still shoot the three ball good. You don't want him to shoot too many times, but he can shoot it. You know, he can make it when he needs to. I feel like overall he'd be, he'd be a solid addition to the team. Yeah, so here's what I'll say with Thad Young. I like Thad Young. Why would he want to come to the Pacers when they're in the middle of a rebuild and he's in the latter part of his career? I understand bringing on a veteran, but we already kind of saw him do that with with San Antonio, and he didn't really enjoy it. So I think he's going to want to go somewhere where he's going to actually get significant playing time or at least have a role and be competing in the playoffs. That's why I didn't even put him on my Very list. Very possible. Very all depends on what he values. Yeah. If, if he had never played in Indiana before, he's not on my list. But okay. the fact that he that he has seemed to have liked it. You know, for the fans still still love him and they're always raving about him on Twitter. I felt like it was like, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe if there's not like you know championship level offers out there. Maybe yeah. he does go to the Pacers on a you know not like a minimum deal, but a little above that. So that was your number six. That was my number six. All right, I got Bruce Brown here. Nine points okay. per game, 4.8 rebounds, 2.1 assists, 50.6% from the field, 40.4% from three this year, and 75.8% from the free throw line. You know, he's kind of a he's kind of a smaller forward. He's, you know, six foot four, 202 pounds, just 25 years old. But I do like what he did this year with Brooklyn, obviously. When you're playing with Durant, James Harden, then um, Kyrie Irving later, you're going to get open looks. But I, I think that, you know, he's kind of got that energy, that toughness, that defensive prowess that you want in a player that makes him really enticing here. So that's where I have my number six. You know, I, I went through Bruce Brown's name and I, and I totally forgot to add him to my list. I, I like I liked that pick right over there. Bruce Brown actually was playing like big minutes for the Nets this yeah. year, like quality minutes. He's someone who worked his butt off. I remember Detroit trading for a second round pick and a bag of chips. And all of a sudden he's playing like real, you know, hit big shots, everything like that for the Nets. So I love that pick um, or that, that spot right over there for Bruce Brown. Uh, moving over next, uh, someone who's actually given really quality minutes right now. This guy was significantly overpaid in his time, but that's Otto Porter Jr. Otto hmm. Porter, hey, small forward. He could play the four, always known for, you know, being able to shoot, you know, high percentages from three this year with Golden State, he he did the whole like he could have had, you know, taken more money elsewhere, but I feel like he wanted to, you know, get that real championship education, play a lesser role, and I, I think he's he's given them quality minutes, averaged eight points per game, just under six rebounds per game, shot thirty seven percent 
from three. Uh, he's a career, just a hair under 40% three-point shooter. So I feel like you're getting someone who can play the three, can play the four, hit threes. Just at this point, hey, if you don't have that price tag attached to his name, he's a good player. How old did you say Otto Porter was again? Otto Porter Jr. is 28 years old. Okay. That's not, not bad at too all. Too bad. Uh, I just feel like similar to Thad, he's kind of in that same He's better in a in a role player type of situation where he's not like you know a top five pick in the draft or whatever he was. So uh, I like his fit in Golden State. I don't anticipate him leaving, so that's why I didn't put him on this realistic list. But um, I think he's affordable, so I, I guess you could make that realistic for me. My number five here, Fachi. That's where I have Caleb Martin, the guy you brought up as your number seven. Ooh, okay, um, you know him and Bruce Brown. Their st- their stats are so close, and I probably. Mm-hmm. Probably could have given the edge to Brown here. It was like 5A, 5B, one of those things. Uh, he's got 9.2 points, like you said, per game. But the, the 50-41 shooting is what really got it for me on those shooting splits. Um, just a little bit taller than Bruce Brown. I loved his defense this year. Pacers need defense. That's why I'm all in on him as bringing him on as a flyer if you're able to uh, uh, get him. And, and maybe you can convince him to come here over Miami because of playing time. Uh, that would be huge. But I think he's just going to want to – get as much money as possible. Very possible, but, hey, I like the player. I think he's going to go to the highest bidder just because, you know, he was second-round pick. Then then you, I believe he was, he was cut. He was a free agent and just really working working his butt off. Um, so I think he's going to whoever's paying the most. But, hey, yeah. who knows? All right. uh, moving Number over four. next, kind of a, maybe a little bit of a controversial player in terms of how people feel about them, but the talent is definitely there. But, if, but at that point, the Pacers got to pay up. I got Colin Sexton right over mm-hmm. there. Restricted free agent, so he ain't going to come cheap. And, you know, maybe Cleveland, you know, matches, but I don't think they will. Um, this is someone who had a – I don't – I can't call it a down year because he only played 11 games before he got yeah. hurt. The talent is there. From a scoring perspective, this is someone for his career averages 20 points per game. So what I like, not a true point guard. He's a scoring guard, and I yeah. feel like – that's why I feel like we could pair him with Halliburton. So it's like, hey, they could be kind of like the, the yin, yin and the yang type of situation where, you know, hey, Halliburton can still be the true point guard, but um, Colin Sexton could be more of the scoring guard. Could it create a problem eventually? It's definitely possible. But I feel like, hey, if the Pacers aren't going to get a top four pick, miss out on a guy like Jaden Ivey or something like that, you could still go after Colin Sexton. Yeah, Colin Sexton, I had him at number three. So I'll just go ahead and Ooh, talk about okay. him since yeah. he's just the next guy up. So 16 points per game in 11 games last year, pretty good. What I was a little bit scared about, 24.4% from three last year, Fachi. This Only man 11 is, games, though. I know, but he doesn't shoot the three ball well. That's just yeah. part of his game. Definitely. And I think that could kind of – he's just not a great three-point shooter in his career. I mean, he can knock him down sometimes, but I think that's where – him and Halliburton could really play well off of each other because Halliburton is a 40 plus percent shooter from three. So you, uh, you put him out there. Just, I think one thing I like about Sexton versus Halliburton is his ability to get to the rim, right? Um, he's not afraid to attack the rim. He's only, he's a little bit small though. Six foot one, 190 pounds. Is that really what you want out there with a guy that's coming off of an injury? You know, the Pacers fans probably are a little bit nervous with him coming off that injury. So uh, he's a he's a more of a attractive name in this free agency group here. As we're getting to the top, obviously that's what's most enticing. But you know, I just feel like if you can put 16 points per game up, even if it's just 11 games, that stretch to me shows, hey, this guy can put the ball in the hoop, and I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I want you to wipe out the 11 games last year because it's just a hey, injury riddled season. You look at it beforehand. Here's his three point numbers as a okay. rookie. 40%. Second year, 38%. Third year, 37%. He's oh, wow. doing it. He's doing it on 3.6 to 4.4 attempts on those three years. So why do hey, I feel like he's such a I, bad I don't shooter? Know. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I wanted to get that out because last year's numbers are gross, but it's just 11 games. Yeah, Who knows how fair. many of those games he was hurt for. So this guy can flat out score. You're not going to get a good defender over there, but at the same point, <laughs> you can't ask for everything. So, uh, you know, so I think that, Hey, this is someone that the Pacers should be interested in. And if you want to go the loophole route, it's because Cleveland's probably not going to match the offer. Darius Garland's the guy over there. And, you know, Colin Sexton is coming off the injury. 
And you know what? The Pacers just have a habit of going after guys that have already been hurt. It's how we get them. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to keep doing it, but it's what we do. Yeah. Well, let me go to my number four here, real yeah. quick, Fachi, because we're talking about guys that are hurt. And this is where I got T.J. Warren. Look, he's 28 years old, but man, when he was healthy, guys, he was bucket. 15 points, 15.5 points per game, 4.1 rebounds uh, per game, 1.2 assists, shot 50% from the field, 35.7 from three, and 78 from the free throw line. Look, when he was healthy, obviously the bubble, T.J. Warren, is something that's never going to be replicated again. But even in the regular season, he had a great year. Really good defender, six foot eight, 220 pounds. He's got the size to play the three and the four. He can get his own basket. The Pacers desperately need somebody that can do that. And that's why I like the upside here. Look, I get it. He's one of those guys where it's just like, oh, I'm tired of talking about TJ Warren. He's always hurt, but he likes it here, number one. Number two, he's probably not going to cost you that much money. And you can kind of give him a, a prove it deal, right? Prove that you can stay healthy and have a bunch of incentives and everything in terms of games played and stuff like that. I just, I feel like if they can get a healthy TJ Warren, it can change how we view this Pacers team. And number three, I got TJ Warren. Okay, right? so we had him flip-flops. Okay. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm on board with you. And the, the best part is, is for you guys listening, Alex, you wrote off his career stats. Yeah, He's career. been better even lately. I mean, a hair under 20 points per game. He led us in scoring just a couple of years ago. And then also you're talking about the, the two years before that, 18 points per game, 19.6 with Phoenix. The last couple of years, he had been coming on strong. He is someone that a lot of people have forgotten about, someone that wants to be in Indiana. So when we're doing this list and we're saying realistic, this guy might be the most realistic signing for the Pacers. So I'm with you. A okay. one year, one year, two year deal. We're not, we're not giving them four years in the house. Yeah. So uh, I'm with you on that. Um, do you want me to go again or do you want to go? I can go if you want me to. It's fine. Sure. I got Jalen Smith. I don't know who you have at number two, but. I got Jalen Smith. Okay. okay. I'm 22 years old, brother. 22 years old. 13.4 points per game, 7.6 rebounds per game, one block per game with the Pacers. Shot 53% from the field, 37% from three, 76 from the free throw line. He's six foot 10, 215 pounds. Ladies and gentlemen, this man, <laughs> this man is very good at basketball and he played really well last year. So I don't know what happened. I don't think the Pacers expected this kind of uptick in statistical numbers for him look I get it uh we've been hitting on Miles Turner and getting mad at him for averaging what is it uh 12.9 points and just seven rebounds per game and you know we're like come on you got to be better Turner and here we are freaking out about Jalen Smith doing this but Smith was coming off the bench half the time uh for the Pacers he was buried in Phoenix couldn't get off the bench for them and I feel like they just gave up on him too soon it's going to be very difficult to sign him Fachi but man I sure would love to see the 22 year old re-sign in Indiana, and then figure out a way to keep him long-term because I really do like what I saw from him. Goggles himself, man, I loved it. Last year, what we saw was just like, it was so fun to be able to root for a player that like, you felt like, you know, there wasn't like these these expectations when we got him. Like When we when we got Jalen Smith, I was happy about getting, you know, hey, we got off, uh, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name, or Tory Craig. We got off Tory Craig's contract. Like, we saved some money. Like, oh, nice. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Jalen Smith? Like, that's ah, cool. Let's take a flyer on him. And yeah. then all of a sudden, that man drastically outplayed his contract or what the Pacers could offer him, just the $4.7 million. It's a crime that Phoenix gave up on him so soon. But that is someone that I think all Pacer fans are on board with. We want him back. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And you know what's funny? I kind of forgot Tory Craig was even a part of the Pacers. But I couldn't remember his name just now. <laughs> so, so much happened this year that the Tory Craig signing and trade felt like a lifetime ago. I, I saw him sitting on the bench last night in that Phoenix-Dallas game, and Aaron Holiday's there, and I'm just like, wow, two former Pacers. Kind of weird. But, you yeah. know, it is funny. So, at number one, I think we can go ahead and say this one in unison. Um, it's Zach Levine. I mean, obviously. Right. I'm just, I'm yeah, just kidding. No, no. Nope, nope. It's Jalen Brunson. And you know yes, why I have him number one? Via Jake Fisher, the Knicks, Pistons, and Pacers are expected to pursue Jalen Brunson in the offseason today at 441. That was posted on Twitter. Look, you might not like Jalen Brunson. You might think he's too small. But the man is shooting 50% from two this year at six foot one, 37.3% from three, 84% from the free throw line. He's just 25 years old. The Pacers have the cap space to give him a good contract. 
And if you pair him next to Halliburton, I talked about it before. I like it. I get it. Some people don't like it. They want to have more size, be more defensive minded. What he's doing in the playoffs, he had a rough first couple of games here mm-hmm. in the semis yeah. against the Suns, but he's been pretty good ever since. And I think he's figuring things out, Fachi, as he gets more reps, as he gets more time to showcase himself. I am all in on Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, hey, we covered him a, a couple weeks ago. I, I, I love the guy. I really feel like he's taking leaps forward. I'm with you. His, for as it relates to a guard, the way that he's able to score in the paint is nothing short than of elite. We're talking about Luka Doncic and John Morant were the only guys to have a higher field goal percentage uh, amongst guards. In the Say paint. that again. Luka Doncic and John Morant were the only guards to have a higher field goal percentage in the paint than Jalen Brunson. Uh, amongst guards it, it's just i mean this is someone who has gotten better and better like you mentioned efficient three-point shooter i love it he's efficient period so i feel like he's someone that can play well with halliburton just like you mentioned so i don't want to re- repeat it all but i feel like this is realistic the pacers are one of a few teams that are in the runnings there's not going to be many teams especially if dallas does not go with the sign and trade as Mark Cuban said, he does not want to do it. So, Hey, the Pacers have that ability to offer more money than most of these teams that man, there, there's a decent chance. Jalen Brunson could be a Pacer. Sign and trade for Brogdon seems like the most realistic way to get him. You sign him maybe to a little bit of a higher contract than maybe like 24 million. I don't know. If people would be up for that. I know we talked about the price contract on that podcast and talked about the range, but Let's just say you trade Brogdon's 22.6 and you give him a 24.5. It really isn't that big of a deal. And then you still have more cap space to do other things. I don't, I don't hate the idea of Fachi. I think he fits more the timeline being three years younger than Malcolm Brogdon. He does. And we, we talked about before, guys, a winner, won two national championships, you know, national player of the year in college. Just he's, he's winning on each stage and he's been slept on. He's got that chip on his shoulder, a second round pick. You know, I, I love those type of guys that have that hunger. And it's obvious. We've also covered his dad was in the NBA. I mean, it, it's just overall, it, it feels like it's in his blood. And I think that that's someone who uh, I, I'm excited about. Yeah, I mean, if they draft a guard here like a Jaden Ivey or a Shaden Sharp or a Benedict Matherin or even a Johnny Davis, then this doesn't happen, okay? Exactly. Let's just be honest. I mean, there's a chance they could put one of those guys off the bench for their rookie season, but you don't want to be doing that where the Pacers are at. So um, anyway, I think with the Pacers having interest in Jalen Brunson, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on during the offseason. But Fachi, that is our top eight. We've talked a lot of different things here today. Really enjoyed the conversation. If you guys haven't noticed already, we have passed 200 ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Fachi. So I was thinking about this, and obviously we haven't given our prize packages away. So let me run this by you on air real quick, and we'll we'll see if we agree. I think we'll be all right. I think we do this after the NBA draft. Sure. I think we give away our package after the draft. That way, if we do get a winner, they are able to pick a jersey. Ooh, that'd be fun. And if they like the draft pick, we can maybe get them hooked up with the rookie jerseys. So – Definitely want to get you guys something special here. We've been holding off. You could still easily, if you want a Halliburton jersey, trust me, we can still get that for you too. But we're going to save it. We're going to give away our prize packages after the draft. So let's plan on the beginning of July. We'll do that. We'll draw names. Once again, we got that setting the pace hoodie. The Jermaine O'Neal autograph card. I'm still looking for it. I have a bunch of them. I just don't know where I misplaced them. I will find it. And then we've got a basketball jersey of your choice. So, we will be picking those out. If you've given us a rating and review recently and would like to enter, email me at alexgoldenmba at gmail.com. I will save those in a separate file so your name will be entered into the, the drawing. So pretty interesting stuff, though, Fletch. Absolutely. I mean, we could not be more appreciative of all the ratings and reviews and listens that you guys have you know contributed over, over the years. So thank you so much. Like I've said, Time and time again, this show has would have been done for, for years now if it was not for you guys. we got the best listeners out there, no doubt. Absolutely. So, with that being said, Fachi, where can people find us out on social media? All right. So, you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersTalk. You can find us on Facebook at SettingThePace. You can find us on TikTok 
and setting the pace. And if you're excited, if the Indiana Pacers get a chance at a top four pick next Tuesday, say these three words. Let's go Pacers! Peace out, Pacer Nation. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.